Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. As I announced last Sunday, I don't want to spend my entire sermon today preaching to the women or to the moms in the room. I'll get to that towards the end of my message today. I want to address the women in the room, but my Mother's Day gift to all of the women in this room today is I want to create better men in your life. That was a perfect place for all of the women to say amen. I said my Mother's Day gift to all of the women in the room today is that I want to create better men in your life. And this will hopefully be played out in a few different ways. First of all, the men in your life that are here today will hopefully be challenged to be men that you need them to be, whether they are your husbands, your sons, your grandchildren, your nephews, or just that little snotty-nosed kid that lives next door that you just brought to church with you. Um, I pray that they realize today how they can make you happier. And if you don't have a husband, don't check out on me, okay? Don't, don't leave because I am going to help you see what to look for in a man that can make you happy. It can, a man that has the ability to make your life better. There's something that all of us in the room have in common. We all have a mother. Everybody in this room, that is the one thing that we all have in common. We all have a mother. And so since we can all relate, I thought that I would share 10 things that our mothers taught us. Just to get us started today, 10 things that our mothers taught us. The first thing is our mothers taught us about anticipation. Because mom would say something like this, just wait until your father gets home. <laughs> Teaching us about anticipation. Our mothers taught us about receiving. You're going to get it when our guests leave. <laughs> our mothers taught us to meet a challenge. Because our moms would say something like this, what were you thinking? And when you wouldn't answer, she would say, answer me when I talk to you. And then you would try and answer and she'd say, don't talk back to me. <laughs> Teaching you how to deal and meet a challenge. Our mothers taught us logic. When our moms would say things like this, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. <laughs> it's logic. Our mothers taught us optometry. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to stay that way. Our mothers taught us wisdom. When you fall out of that tree and break your leg, don't come running to me. <laughs> our mothers taught us genetics. You're just like your father. Our mothers taught us about heritage. What, do you think you were born in a barn? Our mothers taught us about justice when they would say things like this. One day, you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Then you'll see what it's like. And finally, our mothers taught us the most valuable lesson that we could ever learn. If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. How many of you have learned that lesson in your own home? If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Yep. The Bible gives us great insight as to why we should keep mama happy. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, or at least most of it is assigned to him. And, and, and the scriptures tell us that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I would say that this man had some experience with women. To be the wisest man that ever lived, I would say that, that, 
this was his dumbest mistake ever. Why would anybody want that many wives? But listen to what his experience with women taught him. Proverbs 23 and 25 says, So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. Proverbs 10 and 1 says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Proverbs 21 and 9 says, It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. It's echoed again in Proverbs 25 and 24 that says, It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Proverbs 27 and 15 says, A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. In other words, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. If mama's not happy, this is not going to turn out good. For today's purposes, when I say the word mama, I am referring to all of the women in the room, not just those that have children. I, I am in no way disrespecting our mothers in the room. Please don't take it that way. I just want to include all women today to be a part of this. When Mandy and I first bought smartphones that were equipped with Siri, I programmed my smartphone to call me Rock God. So that when I would say, Siri, what is my name? Your name is Rocky, but you tell me to call you Rock God. And it was great. When Siri talks to you and she calls you Rock God, I mean, it was just fantastic. Being an old 80s rocker, man, you know, this was good stuff for me. When my wife programmed her smartphone, she told Siri to call her Little Mama. Little Mama. I have since matured and, and, and grown, and my phone no longer calls me Rock God, though I am. Uh, the, but Mandy's phone still calls her to this day, Little Mama, because every woman longs to be called Little Mama. So in the words of the great philosopher, Justin Timberlake, hey, Little Mama, you're welcome. So to all of my Little Mamas in the room, Here's what you need. You need a man created by God. And I want to show you what this looks like. Please turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I have taught from Genesis chapter 2 so many times in my ministry career. And about the time I think that I have all of Genesis chapter 2 figured out and that I cannot dig any deeper, somehow, some way, God shows me a, a few more things to explore. And today is, is the product of that. And so I want to share with you a few thoughts that I have from Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start reading at verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. I want us to go to verse 15 now. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. 
I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh." Amen. You want a happy woman? If you want a happy woman, you need to be taking notes over the next few minutes because I am going to share something with you that will help you accomplish finding a happy woman. And if you don't have one, you'll know what you're looking for. And if you already have a woman and she's not happy, apply what I'm about to tell you and you will create a happy woman in your home. Men, if you're listening, say amen to me right now. Amen. There are five things that God did to man to make women happier. First one is this. God gave Adam his presence first. Before anything else, he gave him his presence first. I don't have time to get into it today, but even the word Eden is so hard for us to explain in the English language. When you go back to, to the Hebrew and, 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 and you begin to explore the word Eden, it's not even a physical place, though I believe they were in a physical place. The word Eden means so much more than just a physical place. The word Eden means to be in the presence of God. And so before Adam had a woman, before God gave him the woman, he gave him his presence first. Because man needs the presence of God before he needs the presence of a woman. And men, we get this backwards. Do you know how many men are in this room right now? Don't raise your hand, you'll embarrass yourself. But how many men are in this room right now because a woman brought them to church? That somehow along the way, he decided, I'm going to go to church with her, with my family, or, or I want to pursue her. And so church, a woman, is actually what brought him into the presence of God. But men, listen to me. Long before you need a woman, you need the presence of God. The first thing a man needs in his life is the presence of God. A man should find a woman while he's in the presence of God. Some people amaze me. Women, listen to me. I'm going to preach to you today, too. Women, listen to me. Don't leave the presence of God and go looking for a man somewhere out there in the wilderness. It's wild in the wilderness. And you will always get what you're looking for. For those that are single in the room, if you're looking for a man, stay. Stay in the presence of God because that's where you'll find what God has for your life. 
Man, I get frustrated sometimes with people, men and women, that they will walk out of the presence of God. Men, listen to me. I know sometimes you feel like the, the pickings are slim and you think, man, I just can't find the woman of my dreams you know, in, in the church. Just be patient. Just stick it out because it's there in our Eden. It is there in that moment that you are standing in the presence of God that God is preparing you for what he has in store for you down the road and he's preparing her also. It's a beautiful thing when people find themselves together in the presence of God. Some of you single women in the room, you need to look at him and you just say, my mama don't like you and she likes everyone. That's what you need to say because that, that man has nothing, nothing for you, nothing. He is not fitting the criteria that God has for you because if you want a godly man in your life, then you need to realize you are going to find him in the presence of God. The second thing that God gave him is a four-letter word. It's not what you're thinking. Work. Work. Men are checking out right now. They don't want to listen. They, don't, they, they just say, oh, God, here we go. God gave man work before he gave him a woman. Chapter 2, verse 15 that we just read. He put him in the garden to work it. Women, look at the men in your life right now and say, work it. Say it. He put him there to work. This is simple. A man needs a job before he needs a woman. A man needs to be able to provide some source of income for that home before he needs a woman. I know that we live in a day and age right now where women work and some are even the breadwinners. I have no problem with that at all. Everything is okay, you know, with, with, with premarital counseling these days. That's something I have to cover because it, it's just a fact that sometimes women make more than men. All of that is fine. And, and I can tell you this, men, she's not as concerned with that, but a woman deserves the security of knowing that you are trying, at least trying to provide for the home. That you take it seriously. That it troubles you when there's not enough to make ends meet. That when there's a need presented that you've got a plan that somehow, some way you are going to work harder to provide. A woman deserves that security and long before God gave Adam Eve, he gave him work get a job before you get a woman. The third thing, God told Adam to cultivate. Verse 15 says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Some translations say to cultivate it. Now we know how this works. We, we, we understand gardening, even though we may not have a green thumb, we may not you know, exactly be good at it, but we understand what has to happen. The, the ground has to be tilled. The ground has to be torn up in order to put the seed in. And, and you're going to have to cultivate that crop. You're gonna to have to uh, apply the, the right nourishment, the right food for that soil. You're going to have to provide the right water if you want to see that crop come forth. But, but, but let me tell you something, men, that doesn't change when it comes to your relationship with a woman. Cultivate. It means to bring out the best, to be fruitful. Oh, this is about to get fun. Men, it's your job to bring out the best in that woman. If she's not what you want, it's your fault. If she doesn't meet your expectations... Go look in the mirror and blame yourself. 
because the woman that you are looking for does not yet exist and it is our job as men to cultivate her. Listen, if you've been married 25 years and you still don't like what you have, it's still your fault. And Jesus is our example of this because Jesus had a bride. Jesus has a wife and her name is Ecclesia. What a beautiful name for a woman, isn't it? Ecclesia, which is the church. That is the bride of Christ, Ecclesia. And he told us what we need to do to cultivate that woman. Jesus' example is to wash her with the word. To remove every spot, wrinkle, and blemish. And then to present her to himself. Men, there's a lot that we can learn from the example of Christ right there. That if we want to cultivate a woman, if we want to see her succeed, if we want her to become not necessarily what we expect, but the thing that deep down we desire, then it is our job to cultivate her. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I'll be the first to admit, we've put on a few pounds since we first got married, right? Right? This happens in marriage. It's going to happen. Your body is not going to stay the same. And it's not just the women. The women have an excuse. I mean, come on. They're, they're, they're birthing babies. Men, we just like food. And we're getting fat. That's what's happening. They have something to show for it. We don't. It's your job to cultivate her. If you think she needs to lose a few pounds... Why don't you wake up a little bit earlier and ask her to go for a walk with you? I'm telling you, men are checking out right now. They're like, no, no. <laughs> Mandy's been telling me, can, can, we, can we start walking and exercising together? You know, can, can, we, can we do that? Because she's been telling me that for years. I'm like, baby, I like you just the way you are. <laughs> You'll never hear me complain. If you don't like the way that she dresses, then set aside some money and take her shopping. There's one woman in the room that's honest. Every woman in the room wanted to say amen. I said, set aside some money, men, and take her shopping if you don't like the way that she dresses. If you don't like her attitude, then give her something to smile about. When's the last time you actually said something to put a smile on her face? And the great thing is, is with the example of Christ that he is washing her with the word, removing every spot, wrinkle, and blemish. And then he said, so that he can present her to himself. Men, there is nothing greater than to realize you've invested in that woman and you step back and you look at her and say, look what I cultivated. Look what I did. To help her become who God wants her to be. Fourth thing God did is God commanded man to become one with his wife. Verse 24 says they became one flesh. This is so important. Men, don't miss this. When God created woman, he did not create her from Adam's head to rule and reign over the man. He did not create her from Adam's feet to be trampled upon. She was created from his side to be a helpmate, not a doormat. 
You are becoming one with this. She was created to walk alongside of man. And men are called to be one with their wives. According to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, there is a mutual submission that should take place. Now listen, for those of you that think that you are biblical scholars and you are just dead set on no, the woman needs to submit to the man and that's the way God's word is. Just go read your Bible before you send me any emails. And if you are sending me any emails, it's jwilliams at destinycommunitychurch.org. That's where I want you to send me an email if you don't agree with me. But, but Ephesians 5 and 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then it goes into the details of how men and women submit. There is a mutual submission that has to take place because we are one. Women need to submit to the lead of their husband, yes, but women, but, but, but men, on the other hand, should submit to the needs of their wife. And when men and women get that right, you will create a much happier home. And if mama's happy, everybody's happy. Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know what that means, right? He wasn't just willing to die for her. He died for her. He gave up his life for her. And we as men, we are called to do the exact same thing. A woman needs a man that is willing to give himself up for her. You may have to say no to going hunting this weekend sometimes because she wants to spend the day together. You may have to cancel that golf game and the potential hole-in-one that you're never going to get because she has a hole in her heart that needs to be filled by your love. You might have to say no to overtime at work because over time it's going to destroy your marriage. We need men that are willing to die to themselves. Men, we are some of the most selfish people on the planet. I'm one of the most selfish people on the planet. God's called us to give ourselves up for our wives. And it just doesn't stop with your wife, men. If you have a daughter, show her what to look for in a man and start showing her now. You get one shot. One shot. That's all you get is one shot to show her how to find a godly man. And when she brings home some moron that you don't approve of, Blame yourself, you moron. Because you have to show her what a godly man looks like. Finally, God gave Adam his word. God didn't tell Eve what they could and couldn't do. Go read your Bible. God never spoke to Eve about what they should and shouldn't do, what they could and couldn't do. 
No, no, no. That conversation happened with Adam. Verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. It says it right there. He commanded the man. It was Adam's responsibility to give that information to his wife, to make sure that she understood what God's principles for living were. In order for them to stay as a home, to stay connected with God the Father, it was his responsibility to teach Eve. And somewhere along the way, he dropped the ball. And he did not convey that message. At least he didn't convey it properly because she was confused by the time she started talking with the serpent. She didn't really get it and understand exactly what God had said. Here's the problem. Let me tell you what the problem is. Man, man I, I'm, I know I'm on a soapbox this morning, but it's okay. I'm preaching at the men, right, women? Men, the problem is that women know the word better than men. In the majority of homes, women know the word better than men. And we can chalk it up and say, well, that's just because women like to read and men don't like to read. Naturally, I'm not a person that likes to read. But I force myself to read because as a pastor, reading is life. I have to continue to gain knowledge. Men, there's nothing more important than leading your home with God's Word. And so you may not be a reader but force yourself to read. And if you can't read, then, then get it on, 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 on your Bible app where you can read it to you or get it on CD or, or you know, if you're still driving an old car, my Lord, we'll put out something and, and we'll see if we can find it on cassette for you or something. If you need it on 8-track, I don't think it was ever made. So, <laughs> Women are leading our home spiritually. Because we as men are too lazy to pick up God's word and read and see what it has to say for our homes. It's time that men rise up and realize that that responsibility falls on us, that God gave Adam his word. Do you want a happier woman? Lead her by knowing God's word because men, that's your job. Let's go back to that phrase that we started with. If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And we know that that just doesn't mean when mommy's angry. Or when mama's frustrated. No, when mama's heartbroken, the home is heartbroken. When mama's anxious, the home is anxious. Now the responsibility of this statement, when mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. The responsibility of that can go one of two ways. A woman can simply say, now listen to me women, I'm coming to you right now. You can simply say, you all better do your best to make me happy. Otherwise, I'll make sure that no one is happy. You, you can take on you know, that reign if you want to. Or, you may take it as a responsibility 
to be happy for the sake of your home. That no matter what adversity comes, you as a woman of God, no matter what kind of man you ended up with, because you didn't know what qualifications you were looking for back then, you're still going to find some kind of balance with your emotions. Because if mama is happy, the home is happy. If mama is at peace, the home is at peace. I was at a leadership conference on Friday and I heard Navy SEAL Rort Denver mention the Spartans. You know, the movie 300 was about the great Spartan army. King Leonidas led 300 courageous Spartan men against King Xerxes and the Persian army at the hot gates. I know there's a lot in the movie that has been stretched and certain details that we don't know. History tells us that Leonidas had three qualifications for choosing men that he would let go with him to fight this courageous fight. A fight that would go down in history that they wouldn't win, but it took a lot of courage. The three qualifications are, first he would look at their, their battlefield uh, uh, prowess, uh, their skill, how they could fight. Because you don't want to go onto the battlefield with, with someone who has no skill at fighting. And so you want to know that they know what they're doing. And so obviously that, that, that's, a, that's a great, great characteristic that you want in choosing one of these men. The, the second characteristic was they had to have a male heir so that the family name could continue on. So he didn't want to send anybody into this battle knowing that they were probably going to be defeated. He didn't want to send anybody in there that they did not have a, a son at home to carry on the family name. But the third trait is the one that really stands out to me. He would look at the mental strength of the women at home. Knowing that this was not going to end in a positive way, Leonidas knew that the strength of those women at home would determine whether or not Sparta would move forward. Because if mama ain't happy, Sparta ain't happy. And so he would evaluate these men and look for men that had women that he knew could receive the worst news of their life, pick up the pieces, lead their children and lead their community to rebuild. women listen to me there's a lot of responsibility as I've already said that falls on us men 
But I'm convinced probably the greatest responsibility of a woman in the home is managing the emotions. Here's what I've seen in my own home. When our entire world is falling apart, when nobody has any answers, when we don't know what tomorrow looks like, my wife has the ability to bring a calm. I'm not saying that she doesn't have her bad days. I thank God that when he put us together, he didn't put us on the same schedule, that we both have bad days at the same time. But I can tell you this, most of the time, she is level-headed, emotionally balanced, and when it seems like there is absolutely no way out, that emotional balance helps us pick up the pieces and rebuild. That's where you're supposed to stand up and go, we are Sparta. There's responsibilities on both sides. Women, I want to pray for you today because I know firsthand what that emotional balance and the power of that emotional balance, what it can bring to your home. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church for life's journey.